0: Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G.
1: Hi, good afternoon. this is Jenny Fromer and I bring you greetings from West Palm Beach, Florida. I'm with Albert Jewish Family and Children's Service, and the co-host, as many of you already know, with Dr. G. Um, Today we have a great show planned, and it's probably time to change that promotional introduction, but it's a great show that we have planned for you today, and I'd like to um, welcome you, Scott Greenberg, our guest.
2: Thank you. Nice to be here.
1: I'm really pleased that you're here. Um, We're going to talk about... um, really the uh, reality of fiction of non-profit and for-profit collaborations. And also on the phone with us today is Valerie Wright. So welcome, Valerie.
3: Thank you, Jenny. And we're this really pleased
1: year. that you're here. Um, Thank you. And I'm going to introduce you again a little later. Um, Valerie is from Wright Ideas Unlimited and usually comes back in the third segment with some questions from our listeners. That's correct. So... When we talk about non-profit and for-profit collaborations, um, I really appreciate you, Scott, being on the show with us. And Scott, uh, just in terms of a little bit of background, uh, his bio is on the website. Scott is the President and CEO of Comfort Care Senior Services, which is a private duty home health care, um, serving Palm Beach here in, in Florida and also Martin Counties. What I really appreciate about Scott, and like I said, we do work together, is that he comes with just a wealth of rich experience in terms of working for profits and um, also on non-profit boards and really has a great, I think, a great perspective. Uh, So we're going to just really jump right in there, Scott, and I'm hoping that you'll talk briefly about your work and kind of provide some context for us about the overview of your company and what draws you to it, to doing this kind of work. And then also if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about kind of how you, within your perspective, intersect with the nonprofit world
2: well wow, that's a lot so so thank you you said i have a wealth of experience i think that's kind of like calling me old but um, <laughs> but um, we um, you know comfort care senior services is a private duty non medical home health care agency and we are here in palm beach which is certainly ground zero for people who need those services i i think uh, what we have tried to do is to um, marry the concept of entrepreneurship um, with uh doing good. Uh we we have a population that needs the kind of care that is um, sometimes uh difficult to to find. So we're trying to build an agency that um, wants to provide the best quality of care that that one can get. And I think when you do that in order to understand um uh, Jenny, in order to understand uh, what particularly in my case seniors uh, need is that you kind of need to circle around the senior community and understand that perception um, is not always reality and that you need to have a clearer picture. And who's better to help us understand that than organizations that help seniors either in a for-profit or in a nonprofit arena? So uh, we've tried really hard to, um, to become uh, not just thought leaders, but to draw on the knowledge of thought leaders and people who are on the firing lines every day in the senior population, which helps us then to provide the kind of quality care that our clients demand.
1: And, and it sounds like you're describing almost what some would call a social entrepreneurship or social enterprise model.
2: You know, I, I, I guess I never thought of it that way before. I, you know, I know that we're going to talk about sustainability later, mm-hmm. but, the, you know, but that is exactly what that is. I think, you know, I, I think success is not a goal. It is a result so um and i think uh we want to be successful i'm an unabashed capitalist i want to and need to make money i have a um you know i have this nasty habit called eating it comes back three times a day regardless mm-hmm. of what i do to in- inhibit it mm-hmm. <laughs> But, you know, the thing is, so, so for example, some of the things I do locally, uh, I mean, just today I was at an advisory council of the Area Agency on Aging meeting. I'm uh, an elected member of the advisory council of the Area Agency on Aging. I'm also treasurer of the Partnership for Aging. I also am excited about doing this. I am the president-elect of the Florida State Guardianship Association, despite the fact that I myself am not a, a guardian. I also work very closely with Alzheimer's Community Care and the Alzheimer's Association, even though their missions are different, their population is the same. And I I do that so that um, I can understand what it is that my client and their families and the people that we serve are going through from a different perspective, not just from – um, their immediate needs. You know, mm-hmm. in our case, we talk about ADLs, activities of daily, not just from that. But I need to understand everything that's going on with my client and, yeah. and, and their family.
1: Right. And Valerie, I want to give you a chance to respond um, as well. If you have any thoughts, um, one mm-hmm. of the things—just jump in there, please. But one of the things that I know, Scott, you and I have discussed. Is how important it is for you even though you're providing a for-profit service which is just almost like one slice of what somebody who is an older adult in their family might need and then how relevant and important it is for you to also have those relationships with for-profit as well but specifically the nonprofit world in our immediate area so that you can make appropriate referrals should they be, be needed. Mm-hmm. in terms of enhanced quality of care.
2: Well, I think that's right, but I don't know if Valerie was going to say something or
3: uh, No, I'm actually in, um very interested in what you're saying, so not at this time.
1: Okay, okay just jump in there Valerie, you're not sure. shy. Sure. <laughs> okay. so,
2: so,
3: uh, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: So Jenny, to your point, um mm-hmm. you know, referring proper resources to um, to the people that um, you know need my care, you know need our care. There is actually a client of yours that also happens to be a client of mine who needed a, a service today that they didn't know how to find because the daughter is from out of town and unaware of the local resources. So, in that particular case, it happened to be a for-profit referral but in terms of how to navigate the not-for-profit arena Mm -hmm. without going into the details of this particular person, Mm -hmm. um, there was some need for them to re-engage at your organization. And so we um, kind of facilitated the reconnection or re-engagement because we were the first point of contact and then Mm -hmm. went to you. Now, I talked to the family today, and the difference because you got involved or your organization got involved the the difference is today I talked to a woman literally three minutes before we got on the radio, and she was infinitely calmer than she was yesterday when she was in crisis mm-hmm. so uh, you know that is that is the way that collaborative efforts between pro for profit and not for profit organizations can in fact work together. So they can, I think that we can work together both from the perspective of um, providing service and providing referrals, but we also help each other understand each other's role in the overall care of, in this particular case, the senior mm-hmm. market, although it doesn't have to be the senior market. You know, I have other examples from my past experience uh, similarly.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of the real challenges, and, and we've discussed this in previous uh, episodes about how in challenging times as nonprofits find themselves sometimes scrambling, they have all this expertise, but they are really concerned about how to keep funding their ability and their capacity to pro- continue to provide services that we more and more are having to think about how to partner, not just through grants through the private sector, but ways of creating models of service where we can really collaborate and partner around. And I know that um, I've spoken about this on shows before as well when we've private-labeled, you know, we're a non-profit, quote, charity, um, and we're here for people who are needy, but we're also here for people with needs because even people who have means still have needs. And so we've created private labels and are reaching out to people who can afford to pay, even if on a sliding fee scale The same for the same service, the same excellent quality care, regardless of capacity to pay is how it ends up, but we market and co-brand differently. And so um, I think that takes a certain cultural transformation and I think it takes some courage. And so one of the questions that I have for you moving this along really is you're a business leader. Um, So what do you see as your major or how would you describe your philosophy around collaboration and partnerships?
2: So I I think uh, somebody like me would be incredibly short-sighted to dismiss the knowledge base that the nonprofit arena possesses in terms of helping me be better at what I do. By the same token, I think some nonprofits might, in fact, be short-sighted or on not know how to reach out to a for-profit organization and figure out how to leverage their intellectual capacity. So what, in their could that,
1: what could that message sound like from a nonprofit?
2: Uh, well, I think, um, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. I think it would be, you know, collabor- collaborative efforts, partnerships amongst people with similar visions, regardless mm. of the, where they come from, it, it does generate better outcomes mm-hmm. for all involved.
1: So, so part of what you're saying, because in the next segment, I'm hoping to really get into, you know, what makes a good partner, what makes a good collaborator, how do you find them, what characteristics do they have, and it sounds like one of those characteristics right up front might be to try and find people with the same vision.
2: I I I made notes uh, before I came on, and that's the thing. I the, the the critical element. Of, of a successful collaboration has to be a shared vision. It doesn't always have to be a shared methodology as to how to get there, but it has to be a shared vision. The fact is that the methodology between profit and nonprofit, by its very nature, might be different. hmm But that doesn't mean that you cannot uh, share the desire for similar outcomes.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really very interesting. So we're going to take a break right now before I could get the next question out. Um, When we come back, I'd really like to pick up on some of these qualities and characteristics that you think of as partners and how that may really give food for thought to nonprofits who are struggling to find these collaborators or these good partners around vision. Terrific. You're listening to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions, and we're going to take a commercial break, and we will be right back.
0: Comes to business? You'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sun Joke All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Hi, and I'm Jenny Brumman, your co-host today, and um, welcome back to Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. Today on the phone with us, we have our guest, Scott Greenberg. Scott um, is the president and CEO of a private duty home care agency called Comfort Care Senior Services here in West Palm Beach, and also on the phone with us is our co-producer, Valerie Wright, and Valerie is um, with her consultation company, Wright Unlimited, here in Palm Beach as well. So we're all talking with you from good old Palm Beach County today. Um, but we've really been talking about a very serious subject, I think, uh, something that's very close to my heart in terms of us really needing to think more innovatively. Um and more creatively as nonprofits and really try and figure out how we can continue to provide excellent services to our clients and find ways to expand our scope and our breadth through collaborations with for-profit organizations. And so I was hoping that by having Scott on the show today, he can give us some insight as a for-profit um on kind of how this all might fit together. And so the episode for today is Nonprofit and For-Profit Collaborations, Reality or Fiction. And um, we're going to try and figure that out, Scott. We were talking just before the break about uh, collaborations and partnerships and how do we, how do you, as a for-profit, because um, this is beyond referrals and referral sources and marketing. It's It's really looking at long-term partnerships. So what kind of qualities and characteristics do you consider really important when looking for partners, and how do you decide who you're going to work with?
2: Well, uh, I think um, you know we we talked about sharing a vision, and I, I think that's you know that's kind of a duh moment. We all have to share the same vision. You know, I, I, I'll answer the question directly in a second. But I, the first time I actually met you, Jenny, um, one of the things you said to me is everybody wants to come in and partner with us. That's what you you said to me the very first time you said, and and then you followed it up with partnership means I give you referrals and you take them. And, and 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 I remembered that like it was yesterday, and it and it was,
1: wasn't going to be okay.
2: Right, and that right, it wasn't okay. Yeah. And I think I said at that point, well, tell me what it is that you need, and uh, let's figure if we can find common solutions. So so. Clearly, we have to be uh, like-minded in similar visions. Clearly, as a for-profit, I am looking to do business. I need to do business in order to support my nonprofit efforts uh, in order to do that. So everybody kind of understands that that's a given. So we, we have to share the same vision, but then we have, to anal- we have to analyze the other component parts. And there are three for me that are, are critical. One clearly is integrity. If, if you can't trust the person... That you're partnering with, well then you're kinda not partnering with them. It's, it's not a collaboration and it's not a partnership. It's a cold hard business relationship, one in which you watch your back every minute of the day. So integrity, for me, is, is a critical component of what we need to do. The, the second is, going back to our first conversation ever, is is, is, you have to leave your ego at the door. If, if you're the type of person that, that keeps a scorecard, you know, these collaborations, these partnerships are doomed, in, in my opinion. They're, they're doomed because this isn't, you did this and, and now I have to do this and you did this and I have to do, it. that, that is not how you do that. So, so you have to leave your ego at the door. And not only do you have to leave your ego at the door, it has to be as important to the for-profit organization that you add value to the not-for-profit organization in ways that might not actually provide any business so that you become not only a a trusted partner and collaborator, but so that you understand, more importantly, what that not-for-profit is confronting and dealing with on a daily basis.
1: Mm -hmm. Those, I think, are really important, uh, you know, facets to collaboration and partnership. And I want to just make sure that um, we're all clear about we're not talking about where you have collaborations that are akin to mergers or you have, you know, very – stringent ways that you're going to work together. The only thing here that we're really collaborating on is that we're going to work together to bring services to the community, that we're going to work together to get information out to the community, not just about our own services, and I think that's the most critical piece that we and, and, all have our own book of business if you will and we're all looking for cases or clients in your case and but but it goes way beyond that we really exactly. are the, the, our investment is in human resources if you will one another's time and how we go about in the community
2: it, it's it's developing and utilizing the human capital that we all bring to the to the table And it is different for a not-for-profit and a for-profit vision, but so there, there. So so you have obviously the shared vision. You have the integrity. You have your leaving your ego at the door, and then you have the capacity issue, which is you have to think out of the box. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you have to think about how, even if it doesn't directly benefit you.
1: Can you give us an example of that for our listeners
2: um, i I think you know one of the things is um, you know I do um, webo i i I think that's a good example, which is an entrepreneurship institute effort to facilitate it's a it's a a, a program that um, that it supports budding entrepreneurs um, which is kind of counterintuitive to the services you typically provide and certainly can't do anything for me because these are typically young people that are, uh, beginning on their entrepreneurship, uh, road. Uh, and so I facilitate three classes on sales and marketing, trying to help people understand what it takes to be successful in sales and marketing. I I can't do the finance stuff because that's not my thing. I can't do banking. I can't do the accounting. I'm not an accountant. I'm not a banker. But I can facilitate those classes. And I think what happens there is that we build the community. And And when we build a community, and I know that you feel this is, I know you feel strongly about this when we enhance and build the community we um, we meet interesting people, we learn things that perhaps we didn't learn, we help people we 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 grow um, we we grow the community around us and and when you can impact the community around us, you have i think the effect of growing yourself and in your partner or collaborator or, or whatever. I'm not sure that's a good example that you were looking for, but I, I think, uh, you know, for me, that's kind of thinking out of the box and um, trying to figure out how knowing each other better than one does, you know, when you have a partner or a true collaboration, you um, when you have that, you, you get to know what makes people tick and you get to see where they can, where you can join forces and take the talents that somebody brings to the table and um, use them in a way that you might not have ever thought of.
1: Mm-hmm. I really like that about uh, collaborations and partnerships is really to not necessarily go into a partnership with an agenda, but if you feel that you share a similar vision and or same vision and that if you feel that someone has integrity and you can trust them, then things happen. It's kind of a synergistic process whereby you're looking out for one another's talents and you go, you know, here's an opportunity. We could do X, Y, and Z. We could do this presentation. We could bring it to the community.
2: There's another example. I, we, we didn't mention, I don't think, any earlier, that I also host a radio show. It's called, Oh, My God, I'm Getting Older. So is my mom, and it's, it's a weekly radio show much like this is. And one of my guests on that radio show was a 10-time Emmy Award-winning film producer who is doing a series for PBS um, on embracing aging. And in conversation with that particular person, he is looking to use that effort to help raise money for various nonprofits around the country by partnering, you know, we go back to the word partnering, going back to partnering with um, organizations that are aligned with the aging population um, in which he can introduce, I mean, it, it fits For him, it 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 fits the introduction of his of his film and his series, Um, but it also has the possibility of raising money for a nonprofit, and and I I'm facilitating that, and there's nothing in that you know for 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 the for profit component part of that, but it's being able to align mission vision. Capacity, ego—it's you know, it's all the things we've just been talking about. It's all of those things, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I think those are ways that um, by affiliating yourself with um, somebody who shares a similar vision, who has the integrity, the capacity, and no ego, when you share that together amongst profit for-profit, and not-for-profit organizations, you have no idea where that can take you. It can yeah. take you to places that individually you would never get to.
1: Yeah, and It's really interesting, Scott, in just hearing, and we've had many, many conversations, but in hearing you talk right now and, and listening, I'm almost thinking to myself, these are the kinds of things and the kinds of qualities that we are talking about as External partnerships, but in some ways, this is exactly what we're trying to do within our own organisations as well.
2: Right, precisely. Is it to is connect important.
1: with people who have those visions and and really buy into the mission and um, could be good partners for us in terms of how we further the quote agenda to provide excellent care and quality care.
2: And it might come from places that individually we would never acknowledge, see, or have the ability to come across unless we were open to partner with people who ordinarily don't partner, which is not-for-profit and for-profit organizations. And given the current economic uh, circumstances in which most nonprofits travel, they, I believe... Mm they need to reach out beyond the borders.
1: Right. Someone here at the agency said, um, what's your show on this evening? And I said this afternoon, and I said profit and for-profit collaborations, reality or fiction. And they looked at me and said, well, of course it's a reality. I said, but, but if you didn't work here, what would you think? And she looked at me with a quizzical look and she said, of course. It doesn't really happen most times out there. So I think it's definitely part of a culture, and it's how we uh, go about creating that culture and how we look at within our own organizations, particularly us as nonprofits, how we develop that message. And that's why I was asking earlier, how do we reach out to for-profits?
2: And right. I use the word capacity, but you've said it more clearly. It is really the culture. It is the willingness mm-hmm. to look at. At something that you otherwise might not have ever mm-hmm. seen. Because I have example after example in my non-profit life, uh, and I've been very involved in lots of non-profits where people cannot get out of the culture of non-profit and find for-profit almost, um, um, abhorrent. You know, it, mm-hmm. and it's so short-sighted because there's so much to be gained by good collaboration.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that really remains a, an issue. Um, and my concern for nonprofits is that for so many of us, particularly in the human service organization, we've really been kind of locked in with the way uh, grant funding has come in and contracts through the state. And we're not encouraged. To really think innovatively, you know, in an innovative way and reach out that way. And there's the music. And so, um, well, I hear it anyway. And so, the segment came crashing by, and it's really gone already. Um, And so, you're listening to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. When we come back, Valerie, I believe, uh, has a lot of questions from listeners, and so we're going to take those questions. Thanks so much. We'll be back in a minute
0: Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to turning hard times into good times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
1: I'm Jenny Pruma. I'm co-hosting today. Uh, Dr. G is not able to join us, but on the phone with us, I have our guest, Scott Greenberg, who is currently the president and CEO of Comfort Care Senior Services, a private duty home care agency here in Palm Beach County, also serving Martin County, and uh, Valerie Wright, who is our co-producer and also from Wright Unlimited, um, doing consulting here in Palm Beach County and probably nationally too, right, Valerie?
3: Yes, absolutely, Jenny. (laughs) Great. So
1: thank you both for being here. And this is the segment where I usually turn it over to you, Valerie, to see what our listeners are asking. Okay.
3: I have a great question from Victor in Georgia. Victor says, I've heard scary things about the fallout of attempted partnerships between for-profit and non-profit organizations what approach or steps should one take that will increase that will increase the likelihood that a non-profit and for partner for-profit partnership would be effective great question there it is Valerie where was Victor from again Georgia thank you um
2: so <clears throat> You know, I, um, I I know that inherent in that question is are are there written agreements that prevent um, uh, disagreements or or the kind of things that blow up that that Victor was talking about. Um, I, I don't really think that's uh, you know that's not what I think works. What what I think works is is uh, finding. Uh, People that you trust, and I don't mean to be redundant. People that you trust to share, have a shared vision, who um, bring a level of integrity, who come well vetted, of course. Uh, and um, you know, I think the other component that's really critical and it's been demonstrated time and time again over my career, is that there has to be an openness and a willingness to talk honestly so that when something comes up, you got to be able to pick up the phone and, and go for it. Problems uh, don't get better when you ignore them. They get better when you address them, solve them, and, uh, uh, and, and figure out common solutions. Again, if the goal is uh, uniform, um, honest people, um, will find solutions and prevent those problems. You know, I think everything you ever needed to learn about doing business, you learned in kindergarten, which is treat people the way you'd like to be treated. It's it's kind of the most basic fundamental. Now, I know that there are skeptics out there that say that can't happen, but it's the sense that it can't happen that prevents it from happening. If you believe it can happen, it will happen.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And and along those lines, during the break, uh, Valerie, you mentioned the word relationship and I thought that was so poignant, so I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you remember what you were saying? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I can articulate quite the way you did, but you said that too often nonprofits are out there in the for-profit world kind of, quote, not your words, begging for resources, meaning funds,
3: instead of really looking at how they can build
1: relationships.
3: Right, Jenny, I did say that uh, non-profits usually approach those relationships looking for what the resources are, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's important that they are both looking at the outcome for the people that they have the mutual interest in helping, um, and that it has, the non-profit has to move beyond just looking for dollars because there are absolutely other things to be gained. Often non-profits Will increase their capacity um, by working with for profit organization in terms of just receiving technical assistance and advice, and often um, that technical assistance and um, support comes mm-hmm. in the form of capacity for the organization mm-hmm. which is one of the biggest struggles nonprofits face in terms of their organizational capacity to even implement the services they have.
1: Right. So I think that, that addresses some of Victor's question because while, yes, we all know those horror stories where it can, in fact, blow up, I think that how one approaches it, if it's by agreement only as opposed to developing those real... You know, solid relationships. Um, it's so old school, but to talk about honest relationships and to talk about integrity, and it is all about relationship.
2: Yeah, and I would just add, if the, if the non-profit enters into this collaboration or partnership with the express intent of generating more revenue, and the non and the for-profit comes in with the same intent, mm-hmm. the partnership is doomed to fail.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: The result. But the result
1: mm-hmm. is more
2: of money, profit, whatever.
3: Comes as a result of the
1: relationship. As a
2: result, right. It is it is the scorecard, yeah. not the goal.
3: Yeah, well, and I, I think you said yeah. it. You have to approach it from the beginning that we have a mutual service that we want to provide and we think that working together we can be effective for our clients and the people we serve. And mm-hmm. if that's not the goal that's driving you, then all of the other pieces will not fall in place.
1: Right. You almost want to be ambassadors for one another before you sign any agreements whatsoever.
2: I agree with that totally. totally.
1: So hopefully, Victor, we answered, if not the whole question, parts of the question.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. You have anything else? I, I do. I have a question from Michael in California. Michael says, "What are some of the issues partnerships between nonprofit and for-profit organizations encounter that will cause them to fail?"
2: Hmm. Um, well, that's a good question too. Um, I think. Um, I know I can't, you know, we can't take too much time to think else it's dead air. But (laughs) uh, I I think it's not dissimilar to the answer to the first question. I I mean, I think you have to look at if the motives are not um, honest, if the motives are not um, similar, and you know, and not agreed upon, then problems um, can arise. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I think it's it's. Jenny said it, uh, it, it's openness, willingness, build relationship, honesty, integrity, all of that. But it also begins with, you know, you begin with the end in mind. Stephen Covey said that avids are highly effective people always talked in terms of begin with the end in mind. And the end in mind is, if the end in mind is uh, money, that's not a good start. If the, yeah. if the end of mind is better quality of whatever, care, right. service, whatever the nonprofit is doing, yeah and that's I a think better that,
1: motivation. for me there there really is one button that or one label, and that is um, crisis. I think it's really hard to develop these kinds of partnerships when you're under tremendous pressure and, and in a crisis, not to say we don't live with pressure every day and not to say that good outcomes or good things can't happen when you are in crisis and have to think outside the box. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: But I think that a lot of these partnerships take planning and take time to develop the relationships. Mm -hmm. And you want them as a safety net so when a crisis occurs, you actually have more talent and more people on your side and more people on your
3: team.
2: Right. That's true. Mm
3: -hmm. I think one of the things that even with good um, mutual trust established and having, you know, shared mission, if they haven't established what's the priority for the partnership, that can create problems that can cause it to fail Mm. um, because you have multiple things that you're working on together. And if you haven't established that priority, I think the other thing that might create a problem is um, if, they don't go into the relationship with an um, appreciation for the broader mission and the public Im- image of the other organization. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get blind- blindsided by, say, the for-profit doesn't realize some of the reputation of nonprofit cares in the community, that can create a problem. So I think early on having some self-disclosure as you enter the relationship about what's going on that, you know, it's honesty but we don't always know everything that we don't know so Mm -hmm. having that established up front too.
1: Right, and I really appreciate you bringing that up Valerie because things like due diligence are really, really important which include the things that you've mentioned as well as just understanding that they're in good standing in the community Yes. That's a great question Michael, thank you so much I, I hear our cue. <laughs> you show <Pew> is whizzing <laughs> by.
2: Um,
1: we're going to go into a break now for our, and then come back for our final segment. Uh, Valerie, thank you so much for those questions. Uh, Victor and Michael, thank you. And uh, you're listening to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. And we'll be right back.
0: Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America
1: Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids,
0: along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com.
1: This is Jenny Puma, and um, I'm not going to really go into a lot of detail because we're running out of time with our guests. But I do want to tell you that on the phone with me is Scott Greenberg. Scott is the CEO and President of Come For Care Senior Services, which is a for-profit private duty home health care. And also on our on the phone is Valerie Wright, our um, our co-producer. And we've we've had some fabulous questions in the last segment and really want to take one more because, Valerie, you have a few more, and one of them was real juicy.
3: Yes. Uh, this question comes from Sandy here in Florida. Uh, Sandy says, I'm interested in learning more about these partnerships and how they work. Can you cite a sample or two of nonprofit and for-profit partnerships and how they are working together? I really like that question because it gives me an opportunity
1: to clarify again that when we and Scott and and Valerie and I have been talking about partnerships and collaborations, we're not talking about money being transferred, not that kind of partnership or collaboration, but more about sharing resources and um, sharing the expertise of one another and being ambassadors for one another. And so, with that question in mind, Scott, do you have any examples
2: well i you know I think the one that you know we're we 're both most familiar with is is ElderCare care three hundred and sixty, mm-hmm. which is a collaborative effort um, to provide uh, care management services and related services to elderly where the Care management um, and oversight uh, has has been developed by Alpert jewish family and children's services and and it 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 serves multiple purposes it's you know, it's branded differently than Alper Jewish Family Children's. It's called Eldercare 360. It serves the needs of of uh, children who live around the, you know, the adult children of seniors who live around the country perhaps and who need um, oversight, uh, um, you know, I don't know how to describe it, Jenny. You probably describe it better. Mm-hmm. But embedded within the services that those people need, are services that for-profit organizations provide. So that might be Medicare services, it might be services like I produce, it might be um, home remodification, it might be uh, any number of different uh, services that are not provided right. uh, by, the, by, the, by, by a charity or a not-for-profit, right. but are provided and, and by for-profit people.
1: Right. And so we're able, as a non for profit to be able to explain to families that we have an entire team working together for you. Um, it also means, as partners, we can share the costs of going to fairs and going to places where they usually charge an exhibit fee. Um, so we're 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 not giving one another money but we're cost sharing. Uh we've branded ourselves differently. Um, and I know out in uh in Washington area, Washington State, um, there's a traditional child welfare organization that partnered with another organization, not merged, not acquired, but really partnered around how to develop their older adult services. And so they were sharing and teaching and lending expertise. And so what's in it for them, one might ask. The more ambassadors they have in the community, the more they feel that they are furthering their mission of educating people, not just about um, specifically their services, but how to engage the entire community in um, understanding what it is that they collectively provide the child Care part of it, as well as the older adult service part of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So those are, are, are some of the examples, Sandy, that you might be thinking about. Um, do you have any ideas or um, suggestions, Valerie? Um,
3: there is um, there's a partnership between. And I bring this up because Merck, one of the leading global pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm have a partnership with um, the United Negro College Fund, mm. uh, UNCF, which is the largest minority educational assistance organization in this country who provides scholarships to students. They raise uh, funds for students attending uh, private, historically um, African-American colleges. They have launched a science internship program that uh, provides mentors from Merck to work with these young college students, yes. And so the students get access to Merck's research facilities. They get internships with them, and Merck then turn around. They have access to high-achieving students who are leaving college interested in um, the sciences, chemistry, biology. And so, you know, the benefit there is that, they get to mentor shape these the lives of these young people mm-hmm. coming into the field and have access to um this high level high high achieving group of students so that's that's a, one that I'm familiar with another great example That's
2: a great
1: example. Mm-hmm. Great example. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: yeah. So This has been a fabulous
1: show, and I really appreciate the questions from our listeners and um, having this conversation with you, Scott, and also Valerie. Any last-minute thoughts or uh, lessons learned, final tips for listeners to consider regarding our discussion about partnerships and collaboration?
2: Uh, You know, I think, uh, you know, from my perspective, um, I think one has to look out, Side the box. You cannot be trapped by the worst six words words in the English language. We've always done it this way. I think the nature of what's going on in our society today, in our world, nonprofits, fundraising, government support of those things, there has to be a willingness to think outside the box and examine new ways of building partnerships that don't necessarily involve, as you said before, the exchange of, of money, but more to the point um, draw upon the expertise of a diverse group of people who are determined to do good, or to do well, or to do better than is currently being done now. So I feel strongly about that.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. What about you, Valerie? I would I would say um, think of to both nonprofits and for profits to use the word partnership. In its purest and most positive sense that this is something you're willingly entering into because there's a benefit for both partners as well as others who they who they serve and who they work with to the community, and that if you enter into it in the spirit of partnership, expecting positive outcomes that whatever um, problems arise. You can sit at the table and resolve those for the benefit of a larger community.
1: I really love that you really brought us back to the meaning of partnerships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I would, the only real thing that I would have to add is we're human. And so when you're building relationships, we're not going to be perfect, no one is. And there will always be issues and problems, um, like you said, as long as the desire and the genuine need for that partnership exists, then being able to figure out how best to solve the problem. And I I often say, um, and I really like this expression, that I want to be part of the solution. I don't want to be the problem. Yes. And when you're working with like-minded people who all want to be part of the solution, then really great things happen. Um, But I also want to acknowledge that it does take some courage, in my opinion, to step outside that box that you talk about, Scott. It does take some risk. And... Even though we like to think that when you take that step forward, we really have clear direction and priority, that sometimes you take that step and you kind of grow wings on your way down. So it really is doing business differently. Scott, thank you so much for being part of this show this evening.
2: Thank you for having me. This was fun.
1: Really appreciate it. And, Valerie, thank you so much. And I want to thank our listeners for these great questions. And we will be back next week with Leadership Matters informing leaders inspiring solutions have a good week
0: thank you again for tuning in